Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the fourth episode of Jesus Does My Taxes brought to you by Edwards Ingram, a full service CPA firm serving all 50 states. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. We took a little hiatus for the holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I know it's a little late, but we're excited to be back. We've got a great show in store for you today. It's going to be very high level, very corporate, if you will, for us. We're, we're not very corporate guys here, but today we're going to talk about probably one of the biggest challenges that business owners face today, and that's something called staffing. Yeah, staffing is a, is a tough, tough subject for most business owners. Uh, we're also going to talk about company culture and values, probably some of the most underrated items that a business owner discusses at their desk when they're talking to their staff. We're also going to talk about company vision and how that integrates with values and all that good stuff. So we've got your favorite accountants, Ryan Amarone. Say, say hi. Hey, everyone. How's it going? And we've got Jeffrey Cheney. Glad to be here. I'm going to switch it over to him. This, this is his gig this week. I'm punting. You're punting. That's real nice. You know, a lot of times business owners don't realize that employees are probably their their biggest asset, their most important asset. A lot of times employees frustrate us or they do a great job or we just think of them as like a means to an end or they're just there to help us accomplish, you know, the goal that we're trying to do. Either way, very few people I run into really value the employees the right way. And it's not necessarily everybody's fault. They just have to understand, you know, what exactly an employee is there to do. We are servant leaders, right? So our job is to support them with everything we can, not for them to just follow along and do whatever we say. Now, obviously, there is an employee-employer relationship and they need to do what we say. But how are we doing? Are we doing from the position of, I am your authority, you must do what I say, thou shalt not pass? Or are we doing it from the ability of we're trying to teach them and grow them and, and help them develop, um, almost like equip them to be better? I don't know. Al, we, I mean, we have, we have, how many employees we have right now? We have like 15, 16, 17 employees right now. We do. We do. It's uh, now it's six, it's 15 with Deanna. So we're, we're right there. Okay. So we're right there and um, we're not perfect. We do our best to, uh, we can sometimes get out in front of people and forget that, you know, we need to support Walk alongside them. Yeah. Um, not even that. We just need to support them, help build them up. And uh, we can sometimes get a little ahead of ourselves because we get so busy in the day to day that we can forget to do that. Ryan, you're mostly, you know, you work really, really closely with just about all of our employees. And I know you do a great job of kind of standing back and saying, you know, how can I be support to all of you? Talk about like the, your, the way you handle that. Uh, dealing with staff, the biggest thing that I can make as a recommendation is just providing the, the resources that they need. Um, at the end of the day, nobody's perfect, um, and we have to provide all the resources that we can to help build them be, to be uh, better employees. Um, so working so closely with staff, it's really you know, just being available for them, uh, answering any questions, and really getting them up to speed to a level that we think we need to, for them to be at in order to achieve any, any growth goals that we want to see internally. There's a lot in there. Hope you're taking notes at home. I, I lost you halfway through it. I'm just teasing. A lot um, in there. Yeah. Give your so employees resources. So, you know, it all starts with the, the, the first step of getting an employee, which is how are we viewing them when we're hiring them? Right. So 
I know a lot of times I'm thinking, okay, I want my bottom line to be, um, to be higher, but I need to hire an employee. So I don't want to let it affect me that much. And you have to ask yourself, are we, are we trying to cheat our employees when we start off the process? I could tell you almost every single business owner I, I uh, talk to, when I ask them this and I say, now, seriously, just think about that question for a minute and be honest. They almost all say, yes, we try to cheat them off in the beginning. Because the truth is, I mean, it's coming out of our own pocket, right? We want to keep as much in our own pocket as we can. But we have scripture, right? First Timothy 5.18 says the, the laborer deserves his wages. And there's a reason for that is that that's a, almost like a system of value, right? And if we're trying to cheat them, we've already devalued our employees. Now, I'm not saying we should go out and double the salary of every single employee. What I'm saying is it's like a heart condition, right? It's understanding that these are assets, these are investments. And um, when, you, when you invest in, let's say, equipment, or you invest in training, or you invest in anything like that, are you thinking to yourself, I want to get the cheapest way possible? Or are you thinking, I want to make sure I buy something that's quality? Well, you have to look at employees the same way. When you're starting that whole process, a laborer deserves his wages. That means, you know, are we giving them what they deserve? Are we valuing them right from the on onset with, um, with what they need to be valued with to show that that's a true investment in our company? Al, you get involved in kind of the hiring process. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I would say that in the beginning when I first started, I was looking for a bargain. How can I get the cheapest person for this task? I found out really quick that that was a flawed strategy of epic proportion. And um, you reap what you sow. And if you're not investing in your people, they will not perform. And it starts right at, at the job offer. It starts right there. Are you investing in that person with the right salary, the right bonus structure, the right benefits, right? Most employees today value benefits over compensation. So, uh, Jeff, what do we do here at Edwards Ingram to really invest in employees in terms of how we treat them from a benefits, compensation, time off and stuff like that? What do we, what do, we do here? Well, we cover, uh, we cover 100% of uh, health insurance costs, which um, we pay out of our pockets, not the employees, which is uh, apparently not uh, normal these days. Uh, I think most businesses are 25 to 50% at most, if they even offer it. But uh, we cover 100% for our employees. We do give them the ability to have a 401k. Uh, I mean, those are, those are like the standard fringe benefits, right, that everybody always asks about. But really what we offer is uh, we give Fridays off in the summer. And we try to make it so that people have a, a more work-life quality balance. And that's a, that's a benefit we push more because we understand, we understand what the kingdom is, right? God gives each of us a kingdom to, uh, to, to run. What's the kingdom, Al? It's, it's the kingdom is built on the four pillars. Yep. Faith, family, fitness, and finance. Right. So God gives us this, this kingdom that has four pillars holding it up. And those are those four pillars. And um, if one of those pillars is weak, you know, the, the Bible talks about, uh, th these are almost like everybody's heard these stories before, right? The house built on sand falls, the house built on a firm foundation stands strong. Well, if, if your pillars are, are weak, it's like building a house on sand, right? So the, the house is going to fall um, when it reaches a storm. But when it's built on a firm foundation, meaning you've got all those foundational pieces strong. And uh, we, we tend to gravitate towards one of the pillars, like, uh, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm a business person, right? So I'm really, really good at finance. 
And that's, that's what I kind of stick with. I like kind of gravitate towards that and make that really, really strong. Right. It's comfortable, really, really strong. And then I neglect like, you know, family and I neglect, um, uh, my faith sometimes. And, you know, fitness. so we have to yeah, definitely fitness. I think definitely neglect. Fitness. That's an understatement. You know, the point of it is, is that we've, we've got this kingdom. God has entrusted us to steward, right? We've, we've talked about this in several of our other pod- podcasts, everything we have, God has given for us to steward. That also includes our employees. And um, we have to take that important to that. So now, Al, when you were talking about, you know, the way we kind of deal with employees and, and um, I, I was looking at it and I said, James 5, 4, behold the wages of the laborer who mows your fields, which you have kept back by fraud. They are crying against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. We, we have to steward that relationship, we, that employer-employee relationship. Our job is to, uh, when we're entrusted to be in this position, our job isn't just to make money, right? I mean, that's not why God gave us this. He gave us this as a ministry to, uh, to work with people. And when we're working with people, it's our job to help equip them and teach them and guide them and help grow them. So when we're, when we're right off the onset, kind of defrauding them, you know, the Lord hears that cry from them. That's what that Bible verse says. And uh, don't, don't think we're not going to have to be accountable for that. <clears throat> so everything we do, we're accountable for. Yeah. Uh, for what I've noticed since we've started the company that, you know, when we make that investment in some person, you know, they're asking for 60 to 500 and we come in and we offer them 65,000 just as a gesture, just as a, a, um, a vote of confidence. The employee feels valued. They feel like this company really believes in me. And what we've seen is that those employees will run through a wall for you. They will go to the ends of the earth for you. And, and that's what we're trying to create. We're trying to create employees that have an employer mindset. And I can tell you right now, if you have employees that are underpaid, they will not have an employer mindset for sure. They will be shirking their work at every turn. And you can't really, you can't, I mean, they should be, they should be honoring God with their work. Yes. But um, if they feel undervalued and underpaid, they will definitely, definitely shirk the work. Maybe we should do the plug now. Um, We've been, we've been working with a group called Rise Up Kings and um, we would be doing them a disservice if we didn't give them a, a little plug here. They are out based in Newport Beach, California. Check them out, riseupkings.com. And what it is, is a, it's a faith-based exclusively for Christian business owners, like the people listening to this podcast. Men. Uh, all, for only men. It is a personal development seminar, physical challenge, life-changing experience. Jeff and I went down there a couple weeks ago, and we just learned a whole, whole lot about being a Christian business owner and what that means. And one of the things that we, we were starting to learn is how they evaluate employees. Jeff, how do we evaluate, evaluate our, our current staff? How can we do them a better service with our evaluations? Yeah, so it's really, it's really applying a lettering system onto, onto every person, uh, where they're at currently, right? So A, B, C, D. You're looking at it saying, okay, if this, this is an A person, this is a B person, this is a C person, this is a D person. Everybody has their own way of doing it. But anybody that's a, um, we'll say a, a D or E or anything after D, automatically we're basically we're saying they need to be removed and um there's yeah. no point in having them because we can't do much with them they're they're unteachable um or they have an inability to do something and uh we're really doing them a disservice by keeping them employed so that's a that's d or lower if you have a c no person one, no one wins there 
No yeah, one wins. No, nobody wins. A C person, you have to ask yourself, can I make this person a B or an A? And is the reason this person is a C because I haven't uh, trained them well enough or because their attitude needs adjusting and I need to work with them on that? Are they? Or they're in the wrong role. To, yeah. Is it teachable? And if it is, then that person can stay and you need to put them in a platform to help develop them. Otherwise, if the answer is no to that or you can't do it, then again, now, now they're a disservice. It's a disservice to them to keep them on board. And if it's a B person, a B person is basically saying they are good, but they can be better. And it's up to us to determine how to make them better, right? So that falls on us. And then, of course, our goal is to get everybody to be an A person. And um, we're not saying that a person is a B person or a C person because they're just not very, you know, they just, they're terrible people. You know, it's nothing like that. It's just simply where are they at in our company right now? And, uh, and what can we do better? And uh, a lot of it falls on us as the business owners to, to help develop them. Again, I go back to the whole stewarding, right? God has entrusted these people with us. And we have to determine what is the, um, what is the best thing that we can do to help them. Um, and can we, can we help them grow? Or is their growth stopped and they need to possibly um, move in a different direction? And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you're actually uh, helping employees out by, uh, um, believe it or not, you're, you're helping them out by firing them because they may be miserable but can't make a move because people get very comfortable and they just don't know how to, to change. And sometimes you're freeing them from that situation. So you should never feel bad about getting rid of somebody. I know you want to feel bad because you're like, I'm taking away their livelihood. I'm taking away their finances. But uh, in most cases, you're actually freeing them to become something better. And that's the way you kind of have to look at it. I don't know. Do we want to talk about employees anymore? Or we've kind of beaten this up a little bit. We've talked about staffing. Let's move on to company culture and values. Yeah. So the values, it's the DNA of your company. So if you haven't taken the time to determine what these values are, you're, you're missing something that's extremely important to your, to your company. And the values are how you operate, right? Internally, externally, how, how everybody operates. These values are something that you want to get really, really, really deep inside every single person that's in your company. Uh, we were just talking last night about mm -hmm. putting them up on a wall. Like, does that, does that do it? No, apparently putting the values up on the wall just becomes noise. Yeah, that's right. It becomes noise in the background. Right, because they just see it and they walk by it, right? Uh, the point of a core value, when, this was said to me, and this, this, this helped me understand it the best way. When I'm, as the business owner, absent, my employees know exactly how to conduct themselves without me being there because of our core values. That's a, that's a good way to understand it. So, so we have, um, we have uh, some core values and we use an acronym called uh, TEAM, right? So uh, TEAM, so the, the T, we use trust. And, um, and we basically tell everybody, if you say you're going to do something, uh, we should trust that it, it gets done. Edification is for the E. And uh, obviously, we're all about building up everybody around us. We don't want to hear any negative uh, downgrading speech. That's, that's not what we're about, uh, especially in a Christian environment, right? We should be always edifying, speaking the truth in love, but, but in an edifying way. Um, a is accountability. We want to, uh, uh, I think that one says, you know, enough for itself. We have to be accountable to somebody. And uh, we have to be accountable for actions, our work. And then the M is for mucho pasión. Um, it's kind Where'd of silly, but from? yeah, it's kind of silly, but we had a, yeah, our staff person really wanted to use the word have having really wanted to say something about having passion, but couldn't figure out one, you know, we didn't have the P we had the M. So they said mucho passion. Didn't fit um, the team acronym. 
Yep, that's the it fits the T team acronym. And uh, but that was good. And we let that one stay because um, obviously we, we built this with our whole team and not just by ourselves because we want our team invested in this. This becomes their DNA. So and um, you should you should reach a point where you walk around in your team. You know, you say to your team, uh, any team member at any given time, say, tell me what my uh, tell me what the firm, you know, the company core values are. And they should be able to rattle them off right away if they can't. You are missing an enormous, enormous, important opportunity here. And the reason being is because that's what's, and I said this before, this is the DNA of your company, right? So if, it's, if, you're, if your employees are walking around and doing work for you and they don't even understand why or in what conduct, it throws everything off. And um, I was actually talking with someone about this yesterday and they said, um, you know, what you want to do is uh, start offering like a reward. Uh, in the beginning to get it into people, give them like a $5 Starbucks uh, gift card. If they can, um, I don't know, once a week you send out an email, say, okay, somebody give me an example of someone in the company who, who um, showed, showed an example of one of the core values. And they give you a little story of what they did and, and which core value represented. And then boom, you can give them like a $5 Starbucks card or something or Dunkin' Donuts or w whatever have you. Um, but something to reward them. And the whole purpose of this is not really to reward them, but it's to get them to, to keep paying attention and focus on those core values that um, they, uh, they become really, really important. Ryan, I mean, you, uh, you use these core values a lot. And when you're, you're kind of working with the staff and I mean, what do you do? What do you do to make sure that like everybody's paying attention? to? I ask them little questions here and there without them realizing what I'm actually asking them. Um, and what I mean by that is if I'm trying to hold somebody accountable, um, if I were, for example, to give them a project um, with the expectation of it being done on a certain date, I'm going to give them the freedom to prove me right that they're going to adhere to our company values essentially. So it's really setting them up for success and holding them, you know, responsible for these values that we're instilling upon them. Yeah, it's good. Now, because we're trying to operate our firm in more of a like a, a Christian sense, obviously, our core values happen to be more faith-based, and um, it's the way we we want to approach our lives with integrity. And so we're we're trying to sew that in the fabric of our company because the uh, because Honestly, we don't, not all of our employees are, are Christians or uh, they might know of God, but they're not necessarily practicing the way we're practicing. And um, uh, we'd love them to. We, we try to do our best to show an example. We're not always perfect, but, but if we can get these core values and give more and more examples, we feel that's a help. Right, Al? Yeah, we can. Uh, there's no better way to witness to Jesus than, than example, I think. So if we lead by example, our employees will say, hey, you know, this Jesus stuff, it's not just uh, a dog and pony show. We have to set a good example. And, and, and if you think about it, leadership at the top, you know, really starts with setting a good example. If you think about leadership at the top and, you know, I, I know we've been having some conversations around here about, you know, what does leadership have to look like at the top to get the results at the employee level? And, you know, one of the things we were talking about is a unified front. And not showing any cracks in, you know, firm management. Not plumbers. Management. Not plumbers, right? <laughs> not, not cracks on the back. We're, we don't want any of that crap. We don't want any cracks on the back. Accountant humor. Sure. Very yeah. dry. We have, a, we have a lot of plumbing clients. That's Sorry, I had, I had to throw in some humor here. So forgive me. We have a lot of plumbing clients. Hey, if you need a good accountant for plumbers, look no more. We're right here. We, we got lots of plumbers. So, which means we see plumbers cracks all the time. <laughs> Al, I just want to circle back on that whole leadership thing you had brought up and, yeah. and how you like to have your employees having that employer mentality. 
I yep. mean, what does that truly mean? How do you hold them? If we're trying okay. to lead by example, how do you hold them to an employer mentality, essentially? Mm, good question. So what I like to see is an employee relentless initiative, right? So they're, they're showing initiative. Like a lot of employees will not start something until they're told to do it. They will not try to finish something. They will try to basically put it off or do their part, do their little tiny part, and then kick it off to somebody else, kick it off to firm management or whoever it is. So an employer-minded employee is really trying to have initiative and trying to own something in the company, owning a process, owning a, a, a work product, um, or if you're in the service space, owning a client. Right. So if you're going to own a client, you're going to be their go to. You're going to make sure that that client is taken care of as if you were an owner and not, you know, going, oh, you know, I answered their email and uh, I just kicked it off to my boss. I'm going to use a big cliche here going the extra mile. Right. I, I hate cliches, but they work so good. So, so it, those employees who go the extra mile, they need to be rewarded. They need to be given, uh, you know, an elevated status at some point if they keep it up. And what that looks like for you is different for everybody, you know, whether it's equity ownership or bonus structure. But I think it breeds a good company culture. Like here we try to have, we, we have another word we like to use, and that's relentless, right? We're in this, we're in the accounting business. So, so it's our job to babysit our clients in a sense. We babysit them. They're really, really busy running their business, okay, and their families and all that stuff. And they pay us to be stewards of their financial well-being in a lot of areas, and we have to be relentless with them. So, so we like to see employees that are relentless in their pursuit of taking care of business, if you will. So and that's all that's, that's all about like turning them into an A, you know, an A employee. Yeah. And uh, so what's an A employee, Jeff? How do we define an A employee? That's that's the employees that we can trust to do um, trust to do their jobs. Right. But not only that, they they go above and beyond, right? They they exceed everything. And um, right. they're always pushing the to go the extra mile. Right. <laughs> and so I mean that's that's the A employee is almost one where you could say uh, geez, this could also, this could almost be like a, an owner or partner of this because that's how seriously they take this. Right. If and, you give them something, you know, it will get done. Right. So, but you know, you, you we'll mentioned something up. good. You mentioned something good, which was that most employees don't have that drive to do that. And a lot of the reason is why is because well, why are they working in a job? Pay the bills, pay the bills. Is the company that they're at, are we, are we as small business owners, are we setting not just for core values, but this is like the vision, right? So um, people perish without vision. Yep. So are we getting our employees excited to be working for us? That's a good question to ask yourself. Are we, are we constantly giving them vision? Are we constantly giving them goals? Are we constantly getting them excited and pumped up to be working at a good company? Because people want to work for what? People with vision. They also want to work for people that are growing and they want to work for people who are excitable. So are we, are we going to our employees and whining all the time and complaining or are we going and really sharing oh i can't wait this is this is where we're headed and this is where we're going and this is what we're building 
you know, who do you want to work for? Do you want to work for that person who's like, yes, this is where we're going and work for that person that's like, Al offended me today because when he walked in the door, he didn't quite say hello the way I needed him to. You know, I mean, <laughs> which, which, I heard this once before. That's why I had to use that example. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the truth is, which which kind of uh, which kind of um, uh, uh, role are you playing? Are you are you the one that's helping really encourage and, and uplift people, or are you are you the one that's bringing everybody down? You want your employees to be successful, and you want to steward that relationship with them. You have to give them something to be excited about, and uh, and and that's really clear in scripture about about vision. And I know that when we were kind of um, looking at like pieces of this um, and saying, you know, how do we do this? That what we took the core values is we used kind of a, a verse that, that made us think we took it a little bit differently, but we, um, we realized something and it says, and that was Philippians 3.8. And it says, more than that, I count all things to be loss in the view of surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus from who I've suffered the loss of all things and count them um, but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. So we did was we said, okay, we, the value of knowing Christ is these core pieces that we understand. And this is what we want to uh, move on for our company and move on for employees. And that's kind of why we, we put that in, but you know, the, the vision, that's also key. The, just getting people excited and ready to work for you. And, you know, do you have an employee that's always coming in like five, 10 minutes late when you ask them, they're like, I just can't get out of bed. Well, why can't you get out of bed? Cause they're not really excited to come to work. Right. So how can you, uh, how can you build that excitement up? You know, Ryan, you, uh, you always get to work like what, three hours early. Yeah. Something like that. Right. <laughs> you, last uh, hours. And, uh, I think, I think you shared with me one time you were, you know, I asked you like, why in the world you come in so early? And you were like, I don't know. I just, I want to get here and do stuff. I mean, I'm excited about where we're going. That's kind of important because that's what drives people, right? It's when people have something to look forward to, that's what they, that's, that's when they want, they get the energy, right? They get up. Then when I wake up early, they have energy. It's almost like Christmas morning every day, right? I'm waking up and, and yes, I get to go do this. <clears throat> and that's what you need to create that environment inside of your company. And um, I know one way that uh, now we're, we're really bad about doing this. So, so I can't say it's by example exactly, but I do see a lot of other um, companies that do this and they do it very well. They have like this weekly huddle. And, uh, and I asked some of the guys, you know, that, uh, that I work with that were 12, like, what do you do in your weekly huddle? And he says, okay, every Monday morning, first thing, 8.30, 9am, we get together, we have our weekly huddle. We get around and really, I just tell them, here's what the goals for the weeks are. And this week is here's, and this is why, because we're reaching, this is where our company's going. And it's, so I'm like, okay, so you're just pushing vision and vision and vision into them. And he said, oh yeah, the more vision we pump into them, the more, uh, the more excited they get and the more they're, uh, the more willing they are to do their jobs. So uh, yeah. as employers, we need to help the employees see the, I'm going to go another cliche here, the forest through the trees. Did I say that right? Did I even say that one right? Yeah, yeah you said it right. Okay, good. Because that's embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't say it right. <laughs> so the forest through the trees, right? It's if you have somebody with a, a you know, they half their job is super mundane, right? And we don't inspire them to understand the purpose of their job and how they contribute and how they make this company great. They're always going to see their job as this mundane, boring thing that they have to do every day and the results will show. Oh, let me, let me talk about that real quick. All right. So if any of you are out there saying we can't put this into our company because it's just not the type of work we do and this and that, listen, we're accountants. All right. Yeah. We sit there and we crunch numbers all day long so we can get excited and we can create vision. Then anybody can, because I agree. 
Yeah. So there's the, so you just totally. be making an excuse. I mean, we do, we do accounting debits, credits. Sounds like yeah, exciting so, stuff to me. Yeah. So, so firm vision. When was the last time you sat down as a business owner and said, this is our vision for the, for this year. This is our vision for the future. These are our core values. This is what our, our, our work is all about. Our employees in the field or in the office. Uh, when was the last time you did it? And, you know, I challenge anybody who's listening to this podcast today, just pull out a, pull out a pen and some paper. It, even better, go get your team together, do a huddle and, and create the, the vision and the, uh, obviously you need to give them the framework and, and kind of give them some direction, but create it with your team. Let the team embody it and, and embrace it together by creating it together. Uh, we did that. And I think it's, it's, um, I think it's worked. I think we, we, as a, as a, as a firm, we just need to do a better job reminding everybody of it and keeping it fresh and keeping it, uh, in their face. You're not supposed to tell everybody we don't do a perfect job doing this. <laughs> oh yeah. We're perfect. We're accountants. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we, 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 you know, the good thing is we, we, we test out a lot of these things and we can, we, we do everything we can to learn from our mistakes because, uh, we're far from perfect. And, um, uh, like we just had a huge, huge growth spurt and, um, we thought we had our wraps on things and we were so excited about all the growth that we had that we, we kind of let our systems go down a little bit. And, uh, we've had to almost like put a halt to everything for the last month. Um, so that we don't, we don't kind of like have this train go off the rails. So we make a lot of mistakes too. And, um, we have no problem admitting it and just sharing some of those with you to, uh, to help, you know, to help anybody avoid them. Uh, it's easier to learn, or I should say it's better to learn from wisdom than it is from experience. Yeah. Jeff, what is our vision? Our vision is to rule the world. Um, <laughs> now we actually have a firm. Um, so our firm's uh, vision is to actually, um, we uh, focus on small businesses. And um, we want to grow to become one of the uh, one of the top twenty CPA firms. But what happens when the CPA firms uh, and, and this is just for everybody who doesn't understand the CPA world, once they start to get bigger, they kind of leave all the small businesses behind and they go after all the big businesses. And we've recognized that there's a big drop off because there's a lot of really good um, small business owners. I mean, small business makes up like ninety percent ninety percent of all businesses. Yeah, and um, they're really really underserviced. So we want to grow to become a, um, a national um, 20, top 20 firm that um, still focuses on only small business and not going after the big corporate giants. I and, don't think any of the top 20 do that. I'm not at all. One. Not at all. Uh, they, no. they, they do some of the work for people who are willing to pay those ridiculous fees. Yeah. But, uh, but they don't pay them any attention. Yeah, they don't pay them any attention. Not a good value. Um, so... We're happy to jump in and uh, we really want to share the, the knowledge that we have because um, we've specialized in taxes and we've really, really broken down this. Now, trust me, there's, there's plenty of stuff we don't know, but uh, compared to the average CPA, we're, we're way far ahead on knowledge of uh, the tax code because we just focus on tax only. And in doing so, we're able to, uh, we've, ta we've taken a teaching philosophy. Right? We don't want to just tell our clients once a year, this is what you should do, go ahead and do it. Uh, we like to get involved with our clients, really, really get down to, uh, to educating them 
because if they're educated, they can change their behaviors. When they can change their behaviors, they can actually take advantage of a whole bunch of tax deductions and, and rules that they, they don't even know about. And uh, it all starts with, it all starts with education. They have to understand it first. They have to know it. And that's, that's what we bring to the table. So we go, do we do tax preparation? Absolutely. But what we do is we go that extra mile and we say, forget it. We don't want to just prepare for you. We want to show you these different things that you can do much better. And not, not when there's three days left in the year, but throughout the course of the year so that uh, every small business owner can take advantage. Because that's what you hear from people. It's like, gee, I wish I were a big business, a big corporation. They get to take, they don't even pay tax. They get to take all the breaks. And, they, and <clears throat> I say, well, they're available to you too. You just don't know them. And, um, and it's not your fault. It's just nobody's invested the time. So, so our vision as a firm is to take all of that, become a top 20 firm nationally and take all of that and keep, keep it with the small business owner and become the premier small business owner uh, CPA firm in the, in the country. With that, I think it's time for a shameless plug for our new uh, <laughs> consulting program. It's called Tax Synergy. Our program, Tax Synergy, you can go to taxsynergy.net. You can register and get in our, our um, you know, call us. We'll, we'll reach out to you and talk about creating a custom tax strategy for your business. And we're going to spend the time planning and getting to know your business and getting to know tax synergy is about putting to get, putting all of your assets together, all of your tax assets together to make your tax bill as low as possible. And uh, we've done that successfully um, with many, many small business owners and uh, I encourage you to check it out. It's called tax synergy. I, th um, I think the great thing about this program is that, uh, Almost everybody that comes through it will work with uh, all three of us at some point, which is kind of nice because uh, I know Ryan tends to be a little bit quiet on the, uh, these calls, but Ryan is super smart. He's just, um, he's the typical accountant sometimes and, you know, would rather, would rather be a wallflower than, uh, than speak out. But um, how dare you, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it'd be great because, um, you know, once he kind of gets on the phone or on a zoom call or, or something like that, he, uh, He's really informative, really, really educational. Um, he really likes to help people out a lot. You know, it's easy because Al and I are just, we just, we just take over. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. Our mouths. <laughs> yes, we, we talk too much, way too much. And Ryan just kind of sits in the background, but, um, but Ryan is, uh, Ryan is uh, super, super good with, uh, with our clients and um, passing off education and training. And um, so I think it's nice that, you know, people will, will uh, get to be a part of our firm and get to take advantage of the, uh, the attributes that we, we bring to the table and, uh, and get to work with, uh, at least in, in some small fashion, at least all three of us uh, and all of our staff, because we, um, we have, I think, 16 staff now or something like that. So uh, um, we've really taken it to heart to make sure we bring the most quality people in. And um, uh, I'm excited about our firm. I, I, I love our firm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's in the direction it's going. And um, I don't know, you guys feel the same or am I just off there on an island by myself. Oh yeah, there, there's honestly, uh, what we're building, I think is extremely different and it's what the market needs. And we're here to serve small business owners. We're here to serve you guys. And um, you, you know, I, as Jeff said before, the most underserved market is the biggest market, which is sad. Um, so we're here to fill that gap and, you know, here to, here to help you. That's about all the time we have for today. We, we talked about staffing. 
company culture and values and firm vision. You know, if, when was the last time you evaluated your staff? When was the last time you evaluated your company's culture? Is it toxic? Or is it one that is really excited to come to work and build something great? When was the last time you communicated your firm vision to your staff? Those are some things to think about this week on your drive home or maybe when you have some quiet time. Something else to pray on as well. I mean, you know, we're, we're supposed to be in constant conversation with God about all, all topics. And also another shout out to Rise Up Kings. That was a life-changing experience. Check them out, riseupkings.com. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening today. Uh, again, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast um, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, what have you. Please do that. We, we want to spread the word and keep this thing going. And next time, uh, we're going to have our very first guest on uh, Jesus Does My Taxes. His name is Joel Kaiser. He is the owner of a landscaping business called Well-Rooted Gardens in Omaha, Nebraska. Joel has successfully run a Christian-based landscaping company. As far as I know, everyone there right now is a believer. And we're going to talk to Joel about how to run a faith-based company in 2021. I'm really looking forward to have Joel on here. He's a great guy. Um, his father is a is a pretty well-renowned pastor, so he's got a great story to tell. We're really looking forward to that next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>